Streamed in over 50 countries. We have to say hello to, to Nigel in Hong Kong, who single-handedly managed to get us to, wait for this, Dan, number nine, <laughs> number nine on the Apple podcast charts for British football shows in Hong Kong. Over 40 guest interviews and counting. We would like to welcome to the St. Johnson podcast, ex-Scotland internationalist and all-round hero, Del Boy, John O'Neill. It's the Dogger Saints' pleasure to introduce Liam Craig, Michael Jubilee, the St. Johnson legend, Stephen Anderson. How you doing, buddy? You okay? I'm alright, just doing away, do you? Hall of Fame member, Nick Dazovich. How are you guys doing? Over 3,000 pounds worth of terrible merchandise discussed. But it is a dog waste bag dispenser. <laughs> with a Bournemouth badge on it. <laughs> Join Sam and Dan as they chat about the mighty Perth St. Johnstone. Stephen Anderson scores! It's come through to McLean! He has scored! It's on the clock! It's the Dogger Saints Podcast. Hello once again, it's the Dogger Saints Podcast with me, Sam. I'm joined with Danny. Say hello, Danny. Hi, everyone. It's me, your old pal, Danny Williams. Back for more, back for more shenanigans here on the Dogger Saints Podcast. You're overselling your part, but thanks. Thanks, Dan. (laughs) (laughs) Um... It's episode 51 of the Dogger Saints podcast and the first anniversary of our Betfred Cup triumph. What? We'll start with that this week, Dan, I feel. I feel we should. Let's start with a positive note. What a difference a year makes. <laughs> yeah. And the difference is we're poo. Yeah. Um, but we'll touch on the Ross County game. We'll say touching it. We'll, we'll go into the Ross County game in a bit and what went wrong up there. It wasn't us. It wasn't our fault. Honest, honestly, it wasn't. <laughs> Was it not? Because that's the impression I left with. There was a guy in the cube standing behind me that got really, really angry and turned around and went, Parish is shit. <laughs> What's it got to do with us? We just sponsored his shirt. <laughs> it's honestly got nothing to do with us. I have a counterpoint to the um, widely received sort of wisdom that Parish wasn't very good on Saturday. And we'll come to that. Good. We'll also come to Aileen Campbell, the chief exec, the head honcho, the main woman in charge of the SWF, the Scottish Women's Football and we had a lovely chat with her. And it's the first time ever. It was a weird one, Dan. I must admit, it was a weird interview. You weren't there, Dan. I know. I know. Unfortunately, um, there was a bit of a, a work happening um, the night before, which I won't go into details on because it'll just bore everyone. But I um, I had to do some work instead. Oh, that's um, a shame. But you did miss a cracker. I was really gutted about. But um, you, had a, you will have had a lovely old time with Aileen. She's an absolute star. Absolute superstar. It is. That'll so, come up later um, on, yeah. It was a great interview. We'll also do our regulars in George Boyle, in the Royal. We've got the Club Shop of Shame. We're also going to be speaking to our new friend Andy from the This Is Ibrox podcast to look forward to the coming game on Wednesday against the current champions. Yeah, and in case you're thinking, what, Rangers, what's that happening? He is a smasher. Great lad. He was, and it was a great chat. We'll bring that up later on. But it's one year to the day, well, at the time of recording, since our First ever League Cup victory against Livingston. Where were you, Dan? I remember exactly where I was. Um, I was where I am now, basically. In fact, I was about a foot and a half away from where I am now. I was on the sofa. Um, obviously, we, were, we weren't in the best of circumstances at the time, as we'll all remember, and it was a bit of a weird one. I actually think, looking back now, I was the only person who was actually in his own house alone. 
<laughs> in the Hall of Perth, um, given some of the footage that's been sent into the club this week. But, yeah, I've noticed that, that they didn't, they had a complete disregard for caring that there was a lot of uh, restrictions broken during a lot of like, the celebrations involved there. But still. It's, it's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission. Well, exactly right. But if you, if you need a wee refreshment, or a refresher, I should say, if you need refreshment, go, go get yourself a wee tinny. While you listen to this, this is what happened a year ago. Other side, Jason Kerr, the captain with the header. There's Rooney! He's done it again! Sean Rooney! And is that the first step to glory for St Johnston? Sean Rooney, the hero in the semi-final, is at it again in the final, and it's St Johnston who strike first. That's wonderful delivery. Great corner. Then two things are noticeable, nobody on the posts. And just how strong Rooney is. Guthrie's right up against him, and he's able to hold him off. That is a wonderful header, but nobody on the post. Somebody standing there, they've cleared that away, no problem at all. But look, the two, the two players are both pulling each other's jerseys, a real show of strength from Sean Rooney, and that is a fantastic header. <laughs> See how happy. Davidson is. And St Johnston dropped to their knees in celebration. Callum Davidson and St Johnston seize their moment. It is their day to shine in the Hamden sun. St Johnston at the League Cup to their 2014 Scottish Cup. And Sean Rooney is the hero in blue for the men from Perth. It's the heartbreaker for Livingston. The day of major opportunity has been taken by St Johnston. A second major honour in just seven years in their 136-year history. They had to wait an age for the first. But what a time it is to be a Sainty. And the fair city of Perth will be bouncing with excitement and celebration right now. Their supporters barred from making the journey to Hampden Park. But this will remain a day that will live long, long in the memory of the St Johnson fans and all involved with this club Callum Davidson who's had a hand in both of their successes now as manager stepping into the shoes of Tommy Wright who had such success before him and now he is masterminded a second major honour for his club and what a day for St Johnson and it was their second half performance that saw this out. They were dominant, they were the better side. It's a deserving win in the end. After seeing off Ibernian in the semi-final, they've now taken care of Livingston. It was just one goal that they needed, thanks to Sean Rooney. Scenes, absolute scenes, Dan. It was fucking brilliant, wasn't it? It was just absolutely brilliant. I've got a weird take, actually. In general? Yeah, well, quite. There is a little bit of me, just a little bit. And I know it's not 
got the prestige of the other one. A little bit of me that prefers the League Cup win to the Scottish Cup win last year. Didn't miss any penalties in the League Cup final. That was a good one. That's true. We played better, actually, because I thought we played... Mind you, we played well in the Scottish Cup final. Hibs were rank run. We played brilliant in both. Totally controlled both games, but I'm sure we'll get to the Cup final in about... The Scottish Cup final in about three months' time. Um, no, it was, a, it was a special day, and the thing that will always stick with me, Sam, and I said this at the time, and... Yeah, so it, it's the first time I've lived in Perth when Saints have made a cup final. And I was there in 2014, I was at Parkhead, but basically it was, I just remember the day before, I'd been up to McDermott to pick up a box of pies on the Saturday. I'd been in a town for some reason before, but obviously at the time I wasn't really going anywhere. Um, I seem to remember I was working at the vaccine centre at the point, I was volunteering at the vaccine centre at that time, like through work. So I was basically going between my flat and Jewish. So for anyone who knows where I live, you know that's not far. And that was it. And so actually to get out and about in Perth, but then to see all the, all, just the whole sort of town, driving around town, I did have a little drive around as well while I was out, just just decked out in blue and white and how much people, how much effort people put in and how much they, they cared and wanted to show the pride in that football team. It was, and given like the sort of shit we were going through at that point, it was it was amazing. It really was. And it was just a lovely, I said it so often at the time, it was just a lovely thing to happen. And no matter what's happening at the minute, you can't keep harking back to that in sort of a football sense. But at a time when we needed it most, we had something really special. And that sort of, that football team, as daft as it might sound, because it's 11 blokes kicking a pig's arse about, that was something to hold on to and something really special. It was, it was a brilliant day. Oh, Dan, I, I don't think I can add anyone into that. That was very well put, well said. And I think we should move on from there. Um, congratulations. We are still basically the, the current Betfred Cup winners because they changed the Premier Cup. So technically we're, we're still the, the Betfred Cup holders. Can, can we until, have that? Until there's more delicious Betfred coming our way <laughs> when Premier Sports inevitably goes away to Tanta. Um, NTL NTL Telewest ITV Digital I don't think Premier Sports will cause a whole fucking football system to collapse but <laughs> um, no actually to be fair I quite like Premier Sports coverage because I like Rory and they always get Alan Coist on so yeah. um, that's by the by it's just yeah um, I'm, I'm saying that we have we are holders emeritus of the delicious Betfred the delicious but let's move to the scintillating cinch <laughs> <laughs> It's scintillating. Um, it certainly wasn't on Saturday. This is what happened. A game of huge significance this afternoon at the foot of the table. A home win gives County some real breathing space. But if Saints can find a victory, they'll haul today's opponents right into that relegation dogfight. Picked up by Holberg. Sang. Curls one in towards the back post. A good leap! And St Johnston in front, and Callum Hendry gets what could be a precious goal for the Saints. It's a wonderful ball in from Tom Sang, and Callum Hendry just wanted that more than Keith Watson, and Laidlaw couldn't reach it. Into the feet of Hungbo, threads that into Peyton on the edge of the penalty area. Just manages to get that through to Charles Cook, and Carl's a beauty! A rigging Charles Cook! On the score sheet again, 
Who else would it be? And County drag themselves level. It's another superb finish from Regan Charles Cook for his 12th of the season. No chance for Parrish. Baldwin's long throw in. Looking to cause some havoc in there. It's hooked towards goal! And County have turned it around. And it's their magic man once more. Regan Charles Cook. Elliot Parrish at full stretch. Couldn't keep it out. St Johnston couldn't deal with the long throw in. Charles Cook at the double. Everything he touches right now turns to gold. St Johnston have barely been up the park since Ross County went in front. Pumps it forward. White. Down for Humble. There's the county third. A sweet strike from Joseph Humble. And well deserved for his performance this afternoon. Lashing it past Parrish, who's slow to get down. And it's four for the season for Joseph Humble. Here's a final whistle, and Callum Hendry's opening goal ultimately meant little for St Johnston. Ross County opening up a seven-point gap. It has the feel of a huge result. It finished in Dingwall. Ross County three, St Johnston one. <laughs> right, let's break this down. Started off all right. Break it down in three words, mate. Go for it. We were shit. We were down both wings. Gallagher even got subbed off for Middleton to try and match for pace. Parrish certainly accountable for maybe the second and third. Didn't get going. Counterpoint. Go on. I thought Parrish was good. At what? I'll say no more on the matter. I don't have to justify my opinions. <laughs> no, he was. He didn't have his best day. Um, <laughs> he didn't have anyone's best day. Um, to be perfectly honest with you, he was. Yeah, it just. It's not our fault. No, but it seems to be. Just because we, we think he's sound, we spawn to shot. We don't make him how good he is at football. No. Most of that's just a bit of a laugh we like to have. That is it. We like to have a bit of a laugh. And that's I it. I mean, yeah, it just... We've seen Elliot Parrish have good games for us. He's had a couple of ropey ones in the last week. We've seen him have good games for us. He's the road last year. Um, he's had a few more early on in the season last year. I saw him getting a bit of grief for the first one. I'm not I'm not buying that. He said, oh, he didn't even attempt to save it. Probably because he knew he wasn't getting there. Yeah, and it was well struck. His sight was... The second one, his positioning was a little bit off. The third one, he was slow to get down to. But the first goal, we'll, we'll talk... No, we'll, we'll talk about the first goal where I think there was very similar to the... Was it Argentina-Croatia game in the World Cup in 2004 where they had 48 consecutive passes before scoring? Um, we yeah, didn't, that's my bigger issue with that goal. We didn't close them down. We sat off them, allowed them to play up the park. And then after, I think it was 25, 26 passes, somebody counted, they, they just whipped it in the, the bottom corner from a guy who you can't give any space to whatsoever because he's absolutely deadly at the moment. Oh, he's lethal. Um, great player. But I was speaking with a county fan after the game. He said he didn't actually know where this has come from this season because so they couldn't even get in the side last year. So they all thought he was a haddie. But... Yeah, I mean, before we actually get to that goal, what I will say is we made a really good start. Uh, Callum Hendry getting on the score sheet again. And also, I know I've nicked it off Rangers, but I've not <laughs> been able to get um, the Callum Hendry song out of my head for, for several days. To the tune of Lady um, Gaga's paparazzi. <laughs> I'm your biggest fan. I'll follow you until you love me. Callum, Callum Henry. Callum Hendry. Glorious. Great anyway, so he was... Um, yeah, and I think it's looking more and more apparent that if we are gonna if we are gonna stay up, 
then a lot rests on that lad's shoulders, which is just probably a sign of this season, given he was so far out of the plans that he was on loan a month ago. Um, but, yeah, that's the positive. But, again, one thing goes against him. I say it goes against us. We conceded and heads sink through the floor, chins strapped to chest, nothing. The, the, I mean, the goal was, to be fair to County with the first goal, to be fair to them, they took advantage of the fact that we were just sitting off. There were some nice passes played. They knew exactly what... They, I'll give County that. They might not be the best side in the world, might not have the best players in the world, but they're organised and know what they're doing. And that was exactly how Saints did what they did last season. They know exactly what they're doing. And they're actually quite... When they get the ball going forward, they're quite a nice side to watch. But, yeah, uh, the first goal should have been stopped. There must have been at some point in that, you know, 30-odd passes or whatever it was. There there was surely a chance for someone to just get in the face and snuff it out. They just sat sat too deep and a lovely finish at the end. It was. We went in at halftime, one apiece, as we discussed. Um, a quick reaction goal. Parrish was probably caught um, a bit off guard with it because it was a bit impromptu. Good, great bit of skill to kind of hook it in and over, but... Again, maybe should have did better. Maybe the defender should have cleared it out first. But what do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, my initial reaction was, because obviously we're at the other end of the ground. So I'm looking, I'm thinking, it's a lovely bit of technique. It really is. But again, you've touched on something there. Paris should have done better. There's no question about it. I mean, anyone... We're a pair of, anyone who's ever watched a game of football before would tell you that Paris should have done better. And But it's come in from a long throw. And I'd sort of noticed this sort of a couple of minutes before. Because it, it looked like a situation where they were, where, you know, you take a little quick throw in and build the play from there. And I looked at it, I said, he must have had a sort of cannon of a throw. And then it turned out he did. And I sort of thought, well, hold on here. Yeah. And then lo and behold, sort of a couple of minutes later, we've got caught by it. Um, it's probably a bit harsh to, to blame the defence too much for it, but you've always think you've you always think you should be snuffing out a set piece. You, every set piece that's ever been conceded, you do think. Could the defender have done every goal conceded from a set piece? I should say, you probably think could the defence have done a little bit of better. Ultimately, it's a really good bit of technique from Regan Charles Cook, and then and probably less good bit of goalkeeping technique from uh, from Elliot. But yeah, we move on. But what do you think? The breaks. What do you think Callum says to them at half time? Whatever it is, I think he should say something different because it's not what. <laughs> Rarely works, does it? We just don't come um, out of the second half. Apart from the Hearts game, where we inevitably got a result when we played for the full 90 minutes. It's, it's bizarre. The, the two times we've come out and really looked up for it, and I'm not talking in the last few games, I'm talking sort of most of the season. The two games where I've looked at it in the second half and thought, aye, we'll we look up for this. Lo and behold, Livy away, Hearts at home when we won the games. Yeah. With goals in the second half. So 
I don't know. I don't know whether he... I'm starting to come to the conclusion, based on absolutely nothing, um, that Callum... I reckon he overthinks it. Yeah. I think the way the team comes out consistently in second halves, it looks like it's almost trying to be too technical and actually try to win games without the ball, like try and win it through positioning and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think he's just, I just think he totally overthinks it, but that's just a theory, as I say, based on absolutely jack shit. (laughs) But yeah, we're not, we're not good enough to do that. Some teams can do that. Maybe even then they get the ball and they play a bit of keep ball here and there. And it's all about position. We're not good enough to do that. The way we win games of football, on the rare occasions we do, is when we actually show a little bit and get at a team. That, that Saturday just smacked. It was like it was like watching history repeat it. Smacks of that all over again. Yeah, just we've seen the the script of Saturday's kind of match time and time again. Go a goal up, lose a goal, heads go down, go in a half time, then just don't come out the second half at all, which is a shame. But it was a massive game where we could have closed the, the gap to one point on Ross Kenny. As it stands, it's now seven. Maybe that's kind of gone now, and the best we can hope for is that playoff spot. Oh, don't get me wrong, that's sort of the most likely situation. We need. The only thing that gives me a little bit of hope, and look, the situation's really bad at the minute. As I say, most likely thing we're looking at is 11th at best. The one thing that does give me a little bit of hope is we can play well, and we have got those performances in us. I thought we were excellent against Hearts. I thought we were very good against Dundee United without getting the win. And I thought at Livy, it wasn't polished, but... It doesn't need to be. It doesn't need to be polished. We just need to do enough and play enough good football in 90 minutes, which we're more than capable of doing. As we, You know, we've seen it, but Saturday just... Saturday wasn't it like. It was... And I think that's a big disappointment, like you say, Sam. We were, that was a chance to get it back to within one point. And also, when you do that, and you win a couple of games on the bounce, those teams, admittedly, County have been on a pretty decent run but even looking above county looking at okay now looking at Aberdeen looking at Dundee United then you you look at they'll be looking down and thinking hold on Saints are back in this yeah the points gap the, the points gap's closed they're getting a bit of a head of steam up but unfortunately yeah that's not happened but- no it's a bit two two steps forward one step back at the moment but there is a we've got a couple of massive games Happy stomping ground, Easter Road, and, and many times we've always had decent results. Earlier on in the season, granted, was a was a shocker, a stinker of a penalty decision. But we will get to that very soon. But I think we should talk about happy things, Dan. Happy. Why not? This is George O'Boyle in the Royal. Where have you seen St. Johnson players and what the heck have they been doing? You let us know. Send them in to us, and you could feature on this fabulous feature. We've seen Jim Weir absolutely everywhere. Who did we see last week? Who did we see last week? Oh, we saw Ali Crawford, and he's missing a sparkly dress. Oh, of course we did, yes, very much. So that's exactly what we've seen. Uh, and Xander and Dougie Emery, for some reason, they were all out in the piss last week in Glasgow. Gaffed himself. 
shot himself at school. He did. You're absolutely right. He did. But who have you got this week? <laughs> well, Sam, I've got to tell you, this one has come to us from all the way down under. Australia. Correct. No, Tasmania. Is that part of Australia? Yeah, Tasmania's Australia. Yeah, okay. Good geography lesson today. <laughs> but down under, in Aust- even down under, down under, it's in Tasmania. And it's our old pal, very good listener of ours, Jim Owen. Lovely guy. Yeah, lovely fella. Um, and Jim has got an absolute belter for us. <laughs> He's a belter. <laughs> Good. Oh, I love it when this guy turns up. I really love it when this guy turns up. Anyway, Jim starts. Lads, I've got a historical old boil in the royal fear. Had a quick trip home in January, taking in the visual feast that was the Dundee game. Oh, wow. Tell you what, Jim. Come all the way from Tasmania and you're about to watch that. That was a die on your ass game of football. That was eye bleedingly poor, wasn't it? That was eye bleed. Yeah, that, that wasn't entirely Saints' fault either. Just 50% Saints' fault. <laughs> anyway, during a big, Jim says, during a big session with my mates, non Saints fans, I was reminded of this story. So we're going even further back. We're going further back than January. And I'm glad I've got to that because I was thinking, Jim, how how long ago do you think January was? <laughs> well, this historical. Still technically last month. So Jim says he grew up in Linlithgow, lovely place. Yeah. So good, good palace. He used to go to sorry. Good palace. Does have a good palace. What's your favorite palace? Scoon or Linlithgow? Get in touch. You let us know your opinions. <laughs> What's your favorite palace? Well, my favorite palace, Sam, is the Crystal Palace. Not the football team. But the old Chinese takeaway on the rough end of Devonshire Road in Blackpool. I've it. actually never been. It was just the only thing I could think of. The Alexandra. The Alexandra. The Ali Pali. The Arras. Home of the darts. The Alexandra Palace has got to be up there. We might have a poll this week. What's your favourite palace? It's very Alan Burridge, isn't it? <laughs> this is gone. The, we, we, I'm, I'm dragging this back on track. What's your favourite monger? Iron Fisher War. Get it right up, you putin, you prick. Anyway. <laughs> speaking of which, actually, have you thought about... Um, Reliving your glittering military career. My reserve period is out. If I had to come back to defend this country, I would, with all with all my I'm, gusto. I'm more thinking that, you know, I know it's a shit situation and all that, but if you did, could you get me Vitaly Klitschko's autograph? I would I would try my best for you. Thanks, give, you mate. give you my autograph. The national no, hero. You're all right. Help that's national hero. I've got to, right, I've got to tell you, listeners. Sam someone sent me a picture of out on some sort of operations or whatever. Um, this was after I described his military career as getting pissed in in Cavos for a couple of years. I ain't Apple. I ain't Apple. One Cavos. I ain't Apple. <laughs> um, then you sent me a picture where you look like you had sunglasses on for a start, so you look like you were at paintball. <laughs> they were a bit. Paint, I, did, I did look a bit paintball. Yeah, give me that. <laughs> and then with the um, with the caption "War Hero." <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, big, the biggest threat I ever faced in the military was sunburn honest to god <laughs> it's not a funny situation I mean your military career is quite funny but other than that like the situation is obviously horrifying but here's a situation which might actually be horrifying because <laughs> we're in Linlithgow which is lovely but we'll get to who was seen in Linlithgow oh in fact no so you used to go to the room at the top in Bathgate all the time this, this George O'Brien Royal is the w- most travelled in the world. So we started in Tasmania, we've gone to Perth, we've now travelled to Linlithgow, now we're in Bathgate. Yeah, and we also went to the Ukraine and Ayanapa. And Cavos. 
And Cavos, yeah. Uh, that was a mistake. That was just for a stopover. Anyway. And Alexandra Powers. There we go. <laughs> so, we're in Bathgate. We've landed in Bathgate. Right. Says, one night afterwards, Jim goes on to say, one night afterwards, that's <laughs> not how he's worded this. We saw everyone's favourite brothel aficionado, Keegan Parker. <laughs> Get hit by a pool ball in a sock, then use his trademark pace to bolt away in impressive fashion. Wow, that's got a lot of few layers to it. So somebody oh, smashed him with a snooker ball in a sock? Yep. Wow, I wonder if it was a pimp. <laughs> to be fair, right, if, you had, if someone had said to us the story without actually naming which player it was, said pick a Saints player through the annals of history who's most likely to end up in a situation where he's getting twatted over the head with a pool ball and a sock it wouldn't take you long to work out it was Keegan Parker <laughs> no that would probably be maybe the second or third person that you'd land on be first for me absolutely no question about it yeah Keegan's like that <laughs> Jim goes on to say it was a magic moment as a Saints fan living outside Perth to see a Saints hero in the flesh I don't know if there's a, sense of, there's a sense of sarcasm in that, I feel, maybe. Um, maybe, but yeah, I'm going to add, see a Saints here in the flesh getting nobbled by a pool ball. Have you seen the film Scum? I've not. Is that the one with Ray Winston? Ray Winston, yeah. There's somebody gets twatted with a snooker ball and a sock in that one, and it's brutal. It's a, it's a pretty harrowing movie, actually. Is that the one where they're in the Borstal, isn't it? Yeah. You've offended Institute. Not a brothel. Not a brothel. Borstal, not brothel. <laughs> Bor- Borstal aficionado Ray Winston. <laughs> <laughs> You were fucking, you do this right now. You're Keegan Parker, right? You, I'm going to smash you with. How did he ever make a career as an actor? Remember that Indiana Jones film? Yeah. Like the really bad one. The Crystal Skull. And he turns up in it, and essentially his whole role in it was just to go, Jonesy! <laughs> like, yeah. When did the Indiana Jones franchise, that's why that film was so rubbish. They just got it all wrong. When did the Indiana Jones franchise ever need a Cockney in there? They didn't. Calling people Jonesy. They probably thought he was Australian. Good. And Not that- like Jim, but... And I've just realised yeah. you were actually doing a Ray Winston impression there, not Frank Butcher. <laughs> Run around. Right, let's move on. That's our George Royal <laughs> on the, the Royal this week. we seen Keegan Parker getting hit in the head with a snooker ball in a sock in Bathgate, a room at the top. That's a great spot. That's a vintage O'Boyle. <laughs> Once again, for about the third week running, we sort of lost a really good old boil in between just getting side chat with Utter nonsense between us two. Palaces and war careers. Dearie me. We go again. We do. Uh, but if you've seen a, a St. George's player out and about, let us know. But if you need some examples, sit back, relax, grab a cold one. Stanley Williams. Listeners, i got to tell you, I love it when you send us the upbox. You know, in these what are troubled times, go for a little football club and for the world, you know, you got to say, you got to find these little things you enjoy, these little nuggets of light in the dark. And the old boil. When you do the old boils to us, when you do it to us so hard, <laughs> it just gives me feelings. Anyway, but I've, I'll be thinking, I'm like, I don't want this, this train to stop. I want you to, to carry on getting in touch with the groovy gang and you coming and seeing us with your old boils. But you might need a few examples just to whet the appetite, just to get the juices flowing, just to get you fantasizing and tantalizing about where you've seen the cities. So I'm going to give you a couple of examples. And this week, the examples are going to be of a musical theme. Don't ask me why. There's no rhyme or reason. It's just the way I'm feeling, babies. And so we're going to do I'm going to give a bit of, bit of love to our, our newbies. A couple of newbies. We had a tough old time on there. Uh, we had a tough old time on Saturday. The two wingbacks, 
So if you've ever seen President Saints right wing back, Thomas Sank, if you've ever seen him, he's on loan from Cardiff, but you might not have seen him in Cardiff, you might not have seen him at McDermott, but if you've ever seen him, fantastic, a heartfelt cover of Michael Bolton seminal hit, sole provider. Good you song. might have seen it. It was all over the place. <laughs> it's a good song. You might have seen this happening. I think I think it's out there. So if you've ever seen it, maybe a YouTube video, maybe in a karaoke bar, maybe on a vinyl record. You might have seen it. If you've seen it, you come and let us know. You come and let the boys know. That, I don't think one example is enough. I think you need another example. So I'm going to go for present Saints left wing back. Tony Gallagher, if you've ever seen him providing the musical score for a tastefully erotic pornographic movie, then you come and let us know. You come and let the boys know, and I'm going to tell you how to let us know. You can let us know by all the usual social streams, all your favourite social streams, all the social streams we know you love, and we love too. That's what it is. That's unity. Unity is powerful, gang. So you can get us. Dog Saints on Instagram. Dog Saints on Twitter. Dog Saints.com, the contact section. And the old facey B. Don't become a massive hypocrite. Slag people off on Facebook all the time and then post a review of a cafe in town on the takeaway review page. You didn't. What yeah, cafe? I, did I really enjoyed the panini I got at lunch. Where from? Um, do you know what was Nicky's on Skinnergate? Yeah, yeah. yeah um, now the coffee lab. I really love It's called the coffee lab. To be fair, I mainly like it because I call it the pub side. But it's not, obviously, it's not a pub. Um, but it's a picture of a Labrador. And I like a Labrador. I like I like a dog. And a panini. So, and a panini. Oh, it's dream-like. And I thought, a little local business, I'm going to show them a little bit of love. Also, I thought, this will be really funny because I know a lot of people on the takeaway review page who would call me out on this. Nice. You just called so yourself there we out go. Well, you got to, Sam, baby, you got to own it. You've got to own, you've got to own every facet of yourself. And if you have the facets within yourself, to come and let the boys know about where you've seen the settings you do it. We'll love you for doing it to us, and we'll show you a little love back. We'll get you out on there. Come be part of the Groovy Gang. Oh, get there! What's the shop? Club shop of shame. What's the shop? Club shop of shame. What, what's the shop? Club shop of shame. What's the shop? Shame. Lovely stuff, Dan. It's a club shop of shame time, but before we move on to that, do you think, I, was, I noted down when you were going through our social media things, we're not represented on Snapchat or TikTok. Are we too old for that? You're okay. You're in the demographic. Oh, am I? I think you get away with I that. don't know. I, I, I'm not even sure I know what a TikTok is. <laughs> Tickety-tock. Tickety-tock. <laughs> I'm past caring this week. I'm not going to lie. This could be a really fun episode. You're on, st- <laughs> you're on Snapchat though, are you not? Yeah, I do have Snapchat. I've I, I got Snapchat about five years after everyone else. And I think I've probably in that time, probably five years, I've sent about five photographs. So of, yeah. of what do I know? Right. Well, let's move on. It's the club. No, normally, if I, Sam, I've got to tell you, I'll tell you, it's normally if I see a dog or a funny headline hoarding. My favorite one was in Worcester. I've gone down there on cricket to so my old team from back home and it was sex festival concerns. <laughs> Good. I was like the ones that always appeared in the, the daily stars. Like, I had to go to a hospital when I shoved 45 watts up my bum and something like that. It's a sport, daily sport. The daily sport, yeah, absolutely nonsense. But it's a club shop of shame. This feature is we travel around the world to find items. Now, our inbox went off the charts this week when somebody posted a St. Mirren lip balm, which was an absolute horror show of an event. But as soon as anybody posts terrible merchandise, you guys tag us in it and we love you for it. Oh, it's amazing. It's the best thing about it's the best thing about when us starting doing this feature is when something comes up and it's like a collective. It's honestly, it's brilliant. The same moon lip balm, right? We'll go. We'll, they were very because we've got a bigger fish to fry, 
And by God, have we got a bigger fish to fry this week. But we need to give credence to the St. Mirren lip balm. Why? Just why? Why does this exist? It's basically a cheap lip balm with a sticker on it. Similar to our candles, I would say. Yes, our unscented candles. That was <laughs> one of the more bizarre things we've ever done. They're nice looking, though. Um, they still are. Still, <laughs> still got some left. <laughs> it's like one or two boxes. Dave McDonald's yeah. is going to get about five of them for winning the... <laughs> for the Wendy Who. Just send him that and nothing else. That'll be the prize book. That'll be the prize bundle. A bundle um, of candles. A couple of help yeah. and about 44 El Paz mugs. Oh yeah, we're not selling any of them after Saturday. Anyway, right, we move on. We go again. Yeah, so basically, I just can't foresee a situation. I don't know, because I haven't bought lip balm or certainly in a while. I, so I don't know whether it's three quid, right? So I don't know whether that's sort of reasonable or not. But I can't foresee a situation where you'd be, you know, where you got, you know, you got a bit of a chap, you know, you got some chap lips or whatever, and you think, oh, I need a bit, need a bit of soothe on these. I can't foresee a situation where you'd be like, go to Superdrug and get a sort of the widely respected leader in the field of Vaseline or I'll order it online off St. Mary. <laughs> yeah. I I, I'm struggling to see where that situation's come about. No, it's, it's well, misguided banter, I would put it down to from St. Mary, I think. Just hockey. No, it's just football clubs hocking any old shite. And speaking of football clubs hawking things that they shouldn't be doing. This is possibly the weirdest combination of anything I have ever seen. And we have to thank Morvin Pollock for sending this in. I think she might have seen it on one of the statement and posts, actually, and she said she's just passing it on. She never found it. But we're going to give her the credit for it because she brought it to our attention and it is an apt, maybe the greatest, most random item we have ever had on the club shop of shame. Right. I need a second here because I can't quite believe the words that are going to come out of my mouth. Sam, do you have a pool in your back garden? I don't know. No, I don't. No, no, me neither. I don't actually have a back garden. Um, so having a pool would just be, uh, be a misguided luxury, to be honest with you. I don't know where <laughs> I'd put it. Right, I'm just going to come out and say this. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I present to you... Fuck it. Right, I present to you the Stadrene Robotic Pool Cleaner. <laughs> On a list of things, a list of like collection of words that I ever thought would come out of my mouth. And bear in mind, there is a lot of fairly bizarre collections of words that come out of my mouth. That one would never, ever, I, I, just, I, I never saw that one coming. No, it's, I really didn't. It's ridiculous. It's the most random item. I didn't even know you got robotic pool cleaners, certainly not ones hawking, hawked by a, a football club. Of all the things, all of the things you could possibly sort of rule out ever being hocked by football clubs and I don't think you can rule that much out I add this one down as a maybe because like you Sam I didn't know that robotic pool cleaners existed now I'm I'm actually gonna I'm gonna start off on a positive how if you can find one then well, it's a robot and robots are cool robots are cool I'll give you that in the words of Goldie Looking Chain 2000s comedy rap group being a robot in my digital domain enter my world feel my pain that is exactly what they said Right. They also said I'm guns, don't, guns able... don't kill people, rappers do. Call a police. They, whoop, also, whoop, they whoop. also said your mother has a penis. <laughs> Is it wrong that I know every single word to your mother's got a penis? <laughs> Which, it doesn't surprise me. No. What was the other one? What was the one they sung today? Oh, when they were on the pitch before Wales played England in a, like a World Cup qualifier or a Euros qualifier. And they sung... Um, they sung your missus as a nutter at David Beckham and were forced to apologise despite the fact David Beckham was just laughing at it. Nice. Handsome David. Anyway. Big handsome David. Right. The BWT right, not... D200 
Stad Renee pool cleaner. I'm not going to be able to go through. Right, you know what we're dealing with here? You know the market they're targeting here. I, you know, it's a working man's game and all that, but that that's not the market they're targeting, is it? I feel the game's got away from, <laughs> from us, um, us common folk. But right, it's a four-page, for start, it's a four-page um, pamphlet. So it's not actually a description. So it's not like a description. I can ju- we can just rattle out. Anyway, I'm going to go for one little part of it. Unmatched suction power. They've spelled power <laughs> wrong because it's obviously translated from French. So it's unmatched suction power. BWT robotic clean- cleaners feature the most powerful <laughs> of any robot on the market. <laughs> Have you seen them weird Japanese sex dolls you get? That's what I was thinking of. Anyway. <laughs> Double this suction power. <laughs> <laughs> Get me the tank. Right. <laughs> they can double their suction power through the precise adjustment of the nozzles. We're still talking about a pool cleaner, not a Japanese sex doll. The closer they are to the surface being vacuumed, the more powerful suction. <laughs> suction can be adjusted to efficiently capture the type of debris being picked up. Close to a beach, for example, the nozzles can be set down low to effortlessly remove every grain of sand. Power inside! That's what it says with an exclamation mark. <laughs> I'll carry on because only a couple more lines here, actually. Amongst the finest filtration performances on the market, BWT robotic pool cleaners are fitted with a 4D filter and exclusive four-dimensional filter that cleans four times better than any other. Now, I'm I'm, I'm going to step in here. Now, I like to think I know a little bit about football. I've been going to football matches for, what am I, 30, 26 years. And so I like to think I know a little bit about football, my, my fellow football fans. And I know that is exactly what they're looking for, a 4D filter, <laughs> an extra four-dimensional filter that cleans four times better than any others for their pool, Right. Now, that is what the football fans want. That is what the, the, the common man and common woman. But what has Stad Rene got to do with pools? Well, I've been thinking about this, Sam. So as part of a defence as to why they might have put the name to this, I can't believe I'm trying to offer a defence here, but you do think on the continent where they have nice weather and stuff like that, and it is more common that people do have pools. I don't think it's like really common, though. No. I'm, I'm really not convinced it's all that common. Maybe they're just sort of catering to, I don't know, um, people who people who like bought a load of villas for Airbnb. Maybe in Wren there is a like really wild sort of Airbnb market and just most of the fans just do that for a living. So it could be that. But ultimately, we will return to the point, football clubs will hock anything. <laughs> what makes it a Stad Rene pool cleaner? A little stuttering. Hey, bad shot. <laughs> of course it does. Oh, fucking, of course it fucking does. <laughs> and that is it. That is it. Right. Oh, it's in him. It's in red and black as well, which is Stadrone's um Stadrone's colours. And right, so let's I'm look just, at the 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 tick list here. Is it a pointless item? Nothing to do with the football club. There couldn't be any more of a big a big tick on that one. That's the biggest tick. Now, oh, if, yeah. now for this D two hundred B. BWT pool BWT I presume is the brand. Yes, yeah, that seems to be the um that seems to be the the brand, yeah. How much is one of these bad boys gonna set me back? Sweet jumping Jehoshaphat. Listeners, Samuel, if you would like the BWT D two hundred robotic pool cleaner, 
Stad Rene Special Edition. That can be yours for £999. That is insane. Insane. Grand. There's not much else you can say about it. It's it's just a shambles all round. Do you know what? It's going in the club shop of shame. There's no question about it. But I will qualify it that it is that ridiculous. It's that sort of stupid, sort of pointless in terms of... I mean, if you have a pool, it might be a good bit of kit. I don't know. But in terms of sticking a football club badge on it, yeah. It's ridiculous and stupid and pointless and shameless. But it's that in your face about the whole thing. It's funny. They just don't care, do they? They don't care if it's a good idea or a bad idea. Yeah, they, they've yeah. just gone. And I quite admire that, but <laughs> it's still it's still gone in the club shop of shame. £1,000 for a Stadrone automatic pool cleaning robot. It's I never thought I'd say them words, certainly not in that order, and not doing a St. Johnson podcast. But here we are. We are in this situation. We have, we have ticked all them boxes. Good suction power. Oh, double the suction. That is exactly what you want. So I'll tell you what we want, though, Dan. We want more club shop of shame entrance. We want to see this shop of utter garbage. But if you need a suggestion, listeners, my friend Daniel here can give you one. Daniel. Sam, listeners, i got to tell you, sometimes at the minute, I think about the football, the cinch, the glorious world of Scottish football. I can't get enough cinch, but at the same time, it feels like being in a sort of abusive relationship because I show it so much love and it takes up all my time. And then it just constantly kicks me in the nuts. It's a one-way relationship at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. But... Emotionally, it kicks you in the nuts. Cinch, where will you spring from next, baby? <laughs> anyway, I grew up in a little town called Blackpool, by the seaside. We've got a tower. We've got a big Ferris wheel on one of the piers. We've got three piers. Get that right up yourself, end. You've only got one. Don't care how big it is. We've got three. Central Pier is my favourite one. Oh, Central. The waltzes, yeah. all of it. The family bar. Family bar. I yacked up on them balls as well. <laughs> the list of places where I've sort of yacked up is going. Um, it's growing by the week. Going by the week. Don't get a chicken and mushroom pie at Dingwall. Anyway, but I'm going to go, I'm going to combine my hometown, the glorious world of the stench, and with Dingwall, where we visited on Saturday. I'm going to combine the two. But we've also got a delicacy in our town, in my little town, called Blackpool Rock. It's just congealed sugar. <laughs> my God. <laughs> If you want the effects of taking a lot of ecstasy without actually taking a lot of ecstasy, get yourself a little stick of Blackpool Rock because the sugar, the sugar content will have you wired to the moon. <laughs> but I'm thinking, you get, you get little flavours of rock now. You get a little peppermint, orange, strawberry. Strawberry of all things, Sam. So this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking maybe I could do a, a flavour for the people of Dingwall, the good people of the Highlands. You know, all the great things in Dingwall, like the mallard and, yeah, the mallard and that A-roll that takes you back to Inverness. So, listeners, I'm thinking, what could be the favourite flavour in Dingwall for Ross County fans? That's right, listeners. I'm going to I'm gonna tell you, Sam, you know where this is going. I know where this is going. Listeners, you know where this is going. So, if you have got sight or indeed sound of a duck-flavoured stick of Blackpool Rock in honour of Scottish football's finest boozer, the Mallard, second finest boozer behind the dog. <laughs> well recovered. Scottish football's finest boozer, the Mallard. And you know what? I think that could just be good for the people of Dingwall, for the people of Ross County, because they have got nothing else going on in their lives. <laughs> it's a hell, it's a yokel town, isn't it? Oh, Jesus. I mean, it's something to cheer them up. And you know what? I'm about peace, love, and understanding. And in previous weeks with these examples, I may have taken aim at places. I may, have, I may have even inferred that 
the people of Kelty enjoy keeping it in the family. <laughs> I may have even suggested a Monopoly board in which David Martindale is going to jail constantly. <laughs> that was a belt. I forgot about that one. That was a good I one. That was good, that one. That was my best one. I used it up too early though. Yeah. Um, Ross County oh, style go Blackpool Rock in the flavour of a mallard. Lovely stuff. Duck flavoured Blackpool Rock. And a special edition, duck plum sauce. Oh, lovely stuff. But if somebody's seen that or something similar, how do they get in touch with us, Dan? Listen, I got to tell you, I know you can get in touch with how you can get in touch with your all-time favourite characters. Sam and Dan, I can tell you how you get in touch with us. All the usual social streams. You can do it to us on every single social streams. Just don't send us any pictures of your willies. <laughs> Dog Saints on Twitter. Dog Saints... <laughs> Dog Saints on Twitter. Dog Saints on Instagram. Dog Saints.com, the contact section. And the old ACB. Oh, here's an example of something not to do on ACB. Do not document... In fact, please do this because it's really, really funny. If your stepdad leaves you more, don't put up all his belongings for sale. Don't document the whole scenario by the medium of ad- adverts putting all his stuff up for sale on a Facebook buy and sell site, getting more and more hilariously aggressive with every single post until you ultimately hit the point where you are just listing items for sale as, and I quote, dickhead stepdad. How much? No. But um, yeah, so yeah, they're kind of family domestic. Dickhead stepdad part 3,000. <laughs> oh my God. And that's just a load of books. You can add them for a tenner. Lovely stuff. Brilliant. Sorry, I got distracted there. Listeners, if you want to do that, it's a free country. You do what you want. You do you, as they might say. You you do you so hard, but you can also come and do it to us so hard with your facey BIMs. No, not with your facey BIMs, with your club shop of shame candidates. I'm going to say candidates. You come and do that, and you come and let the boys know, and we'll, we'll see if we can't give you a little shout out on this little podcast of ours. Get there! Lovely stuff, Dan. Thank you. That is the Club Shop of Shame for this week, but I think it's time we speak to somebody else, for love of God. Yeah, let's do it. I am gutted I missed this, by the way. I know, uh, and she is absolutely lovely, an absolute treat to speak to. We're speaking to Aileen Campbell, who is the Chief Executive of Scottish Women's Football. Now, we spoke to Jade a couple of weeks ago, and she said, you have to get Aileen on. She's brilliant, and she's a Saints fan as well, and she's running the running the gaff. Running the whole down shooting match. That's it. So you hear players like uh, Shelley Kerr. Not mentioned her in a while, to be fair. Hashtags. Well, she haven't, I haven't seen her doing much punditry, so she hasn't been able to, you know, drop in any, any hints. Uh, the likes of Shelley Kerr, Leanne Crichton, Rachel Corsi, Erin Cuthbert are all household names nowadays, and you'll recognise them all. Ten years ago, maybe a different story. So the women's game in Scotland is certainly growing, uh, with new teams like St. Johnson's women team coming in and single teams like Glasgow City who aren't affiliated to any club. It's an exciting time for the women's game. We are delighted, nay, honoured to be joined by Chief Exec of Scottish Women's Football and St. Johnson fan, Aileen Campbell. How are you this evening? you okay? I am really well. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Looking no, forward to it. Great. We've been, we've been chasing you for ages to get you on. I can. I know. And I'm glad that we've we managed to kind of co-coordinate diaries and we've got a chance to have a blather about St. Johnson. That's it. Um, we had Jade on a couple of weeks ago and she was um, waxing lyrical about you. said, you need to get her on. She's great. And so how was your thing at the theatre? We'll probably touch on that anyway. Oh, later yes. On. So that was where I met Jade. Yeah. So that was nice. It was lovely. And, you know, because I think we both were like, 
don't know what this is going to bring. Um, but it was good. And she was, it was probably quite a nice balance because like she was able to talk so much about her own playing experience and all the rest of it. And, you know, I had a, just a slightly different angle. And yeah, it was great. My moment in my mouth, though, was when my son at the back of the room put his hand up and I was like, oh, oh, what is he going to ask? <laughs> what's going to come out of here? Can I have tomorrow off school, please? <laughs> so but yeah how's yours yours look really busy it was it was we had hours on a friday night so it was it was carnage we could i could hear my mum and dad laughing in the crowd they were with steaming it was just it was it was a mess <laughs> um but it was good I, it was funny because all we could see is the kind of front two rows because the lights up yeah. uh, which was fine other than the fact that my mum my wife two of my best friends were all just sitting staring at me like with their phones and my oh. Oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> so i was i was I was shaking, but it was good. Oh, was, there was quite a nice minute moment, like um, the Perth, Perth High School girls team won the schools a Scottish schools competition, mm-hmm. so they were there. And then also Jeanfield ladies walk in football, they had won a walk in football tournament, so they were there too. So it was quite nice having a good balance. So it's been quite the week for uh, the old uh, Scottish women's football, isn't it? <laughs> Should we just cut yeah. straight to the chase with that? Um, mm-hmm. For people that. No, we'll, 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 we'll touch on that later. We'll, we'll, how did you get into the role you're in? You're obviously the, the CEO of Scottish Women's Football. What is your background in sport coming into this role? As, as a youngster growing up, what, what was your influences in sport, basically? So I've always liked football. I've always loved football. I played, I grew up in, I grew up in sort of north of Perth, between sort of Perth and Dundee in the Sidlow Hills. In okay, a village yeah, yeah. called Place. Um, so, um, you know, a lot of kind of villages and hamlets the school I went to was tiny, so we didn't have enough boys for a five-a-side football team or a, a kind of 11-a-side football team, so everyone just played football. So I guess at primary school, it was just like, it wasn't really seen as anything different. You just mucked in, otherwise you wouldn't have a squad. And <laughs> um, so that was, you know, I, I enjoy playing. Um, unfortunately, that's where one of my most kind of, um, oh, that's a bit of a sad, sad memory, but it has been informative in my in my adulthood and that one of the, the coaches at that time had sort of basically said that football wasn't for girls and at a kind of a kind of training session he told me and another girl to go away and play and it was hockey or netball or something at that time and I was like oh what how's that you know because I love this sport and yeah. so yeah I, I've loved football St Johnston at that time I was at primary school was moving to McDermott Park a big big buzz about the club at that time as well lots of Lots of kind of tickets getting distributed. Um, so I've always loved football, always loved St Johnston. And and I suppose what um, what, what happened next was when I was an adult, I guess, I stood for election, <laughs> I became um, an MSP for, and I was an MSP for 14 years and I served a number of those years in government. And one of the most enjoyable and privileged roles I had within uh, the government was as Minister for Public Health and Sport. And it was a real privilege because I, I love football. I love sport. Um, I've never been good at it, but I've always given it a go. Aren't we um, all? I'm exactly the same. Love it. Have a go <laughs> at it. Pretty terrible, but I had fun though. That's the main thing. Get a sweat on. And then, and then I guess um, in last year's election, I decided not to stand uh, again. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't go forward for election. And then, you know, unlike some of my colleagues who were retiring, actually retiring, I still had to remind myself I need to get a job. So I applied <laughs> for the job at Scottish Women's Football and was lucky enough to get it. And what a privilege to work in a sport that, that I love. It is a real privilege and I'm I'm very grateful to have have this opportunity. It, so uh, that's a kind of potted history. <laughs> no, that, that was absolutely ideal. Um, baptism of fire in your new job. As we know, for, for Farmington, a massive yeah. f- women's football team, you come into seeing that they've had to disband. Mm-hmm. How... 
that's one way to um, test your metal in a, in a new gig. Yeah, it has been. Yeah, it was. It was. It literally was day one of me being in, in, in post as well. And I suppose as well, I felt it because that, that, that's the kind of end of Persia that I grew up in. Mm-hmm. So Borford didn't feel too far away and had been aware of it being a, a real, um, really important club in terms of the development of, of women's football. Football uh, for, for Farmington had been around for a number of a good, good long, good long while. And, and, and I suppose it kind of contrasted the the real potential and development of women's football alongside its its fragility as well, that, that there were still clubs that even though they had been around for a long time, the kind of growth of the game wasn't being felt in the same way, but same way by all clubs. And, um, and that fragility, I think, remains. And, and it's something that we just need to be careful as we seek to grow the game is that, that we do so in a, in a holistic way. Um, and then I guess, you know, a few months after that, there there has been a, a real kind of close inspection as to where 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 does the women's um, elite side of the game where is that best uh, placed and where does that get best served? And there's been an ongoing kind of review discussions and and you know until just yeah a few days ago that the clubs decided that the direction that they wanted to take it was through the SPFL. Um, so. We, we need to make that transition work. We need to and want to make sure that the women's game continues to be visible and strong. Um, there's still a huge role for SWF because we administer a huge number of, of leagues for girls and other uh, senior uh, teams. And um, so, yeah, it has been, even though I just started in August, it has not been without its <laughs> ups and downs and, and challenges not. that have come along with it. So I think, you know, a, a, a career in politics in the parliament certainly served me well for this gig. <laughs> exactly, well suited for the position. Now, a question I want to ask about, like on Sky, there is a lot of uh, English, uh, England Women's Premier League. Is this benefit the Scottish game? Uh, does it show it in more light? Is it kind of mm. show women's football in general? Or is it they're throwing money at English football very much like the men's game? They're throwing money in Scotland's kind of getting left behind. How how does that affect um, the, the Scottish women's game? So, I, you know, I think um, for women's sport more generally, visibility is brilliant and it's great and it's necessary and 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 seeing strong inspiring women playing football regardless of the league um shows that 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 women you know absolutely should be on the football field and that is an absolutely a place for them so i think it's great because it shows that the women play football and it's got um it gets eyeballs on the game and and raises awareness raises the consciousness and hopefully inspires other girls to get out and kick a ball um and I think undoubtedly that helps with the, the the game up here too. And I think, you know, while it's not been Sky that has been broadcasting the games up here, who has put their support behind it has been BBC, BBC Alba. Yeah. And they are to be hugely credited for their determination, their dedication to growing the game and growing the women's game. And um, it's not just been the SWPL, that, although that's the kind of main focus of their of their of what they broadcast. They've also sought to kind of delve under the skin of women's football, tell mm-hmm. the stories of some of the clubs across different leagues. And, and that's to their credit. And they deserve huge praise for what they've done as well in terms of broadcasting games regularly, increasing that coverage uh, over a fairly short space of time. So uh, that visibility is critical too. And, uh, and, and, and you know, we need to build on that. And that's why, you know, this next chapter of women's football will be it'll be important that we that we work hard and collectively across the wider kind of football infrastructure to get it right. And teams like St. Johnson women's team who are kind of a new team on the block still, uh, relatively speaking, obviously Jean Field were around before. You must be delighted that your hometown team are now represented in the Women's League. Yeah, 
yeah, and, and and you know, even as a club, I think you know, you know, there has been a in the, the time that I've been in post as well, I've been really impressed by the what I've seen is that there was a you know a bit of a a, a kind of a vulnerability around the team, but the the, the men's club, the St Johnston team uh, and the main club men's club put their arms right around the, the women's team and have worked really hard now to really build bring it in and integrate it within the the wider club infrastructure and I think that's great and we've got you know you see that there's a, a grant uh, Scott there is uh, now managing and he comes with huge credentials and yeah, a real expertise yeah. and I think that signals a real you know a real um, ambitious kind of future I'm hoping for for St Johnston women and and really um, one person I should credit for helping to kind of make sure that this was a success story is is not only everybody in, in St Johnston but Sam Milne who is the SFA's club development officer there in that region who has worked tirelessly um, to help make sure that this uh, this club can move forward on firm firm on a firm foundations and she is she has worked hugely uh, hard over the last week while to make that happen. So I'm really pleased because that shows that in my home pit patch there is a opportunity for for girls in Perthshire to play football and. The fact that it's alongside and working along with Genefield is, is brilliant. My great uncle played for Genefield Swifts. Nice. Uh, all ties in. Yeah, no, I, I see Sam on, on Twitter and uh, like the, the she's posting every level you can imagine. She is there dedicating to the cause. Well, we will talk about St. Johnson eventually. I'm just, I'm just fascinated with this. What's the ideas, ambitions going forward from here, Aileen? Um, how do we, how do we get out there more? How do we promote the game more? What can we do? Well, you know, I think, you're doing a great job, you know. That's the thing, you know. There's you. Is it daughters that you've got then? Is it? Uh, no, two sons. You've but... got two sons. Tons. What I think is well, even just that. My my sons as well. My 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 boys um, quite often play their FIFA game and they play as the Scotland Erin Cuthbert. You know, they, so they're growing up seeing women playing football in the pitch and not really thinking about it being any different. So that's great. The fact that we can make sure that we are having a positive influence on the on not just girls, but boys as well. So my two boys as well, they kind of, you know, they're they are really champions of, of women's football. I think visibility, like I say, you know, the visibility is key and critical. It's um, the way in which we speak about women's football and women in sport is critical as well that I think, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad that it feels like some of the misogynistic tropes of old are kind of hopefully getting part yeah. in the history books. Um, and there is still a lot of it around. And that's still a challenge for women in sport. Um, but you know, I think there is a lot more positivity. You guys taking an interest, having Jade on the on the show, that's brilliant. Um uh, there is, you know, one of the first things I did when I got into this post was I had been invited on to off the ball and and as well, and, and people were wanting to talk about it because suddenly they were seeing it on the telly, and that's where the visibility is really important because it gets uh, in front of people and gets in front of new audiences, and, and that's what we need to, uh, to do. Uh, and you know, I think, I think as well going going forward, I think what we need to also see is an increase in investment and money, and then hopefully, you know, this new chapter of the of the women's game uh, attracts that. Um, but you know, there are lots of lots of challenges. There's precariousness. There's fra- fragilities in the game that we need to be mindful of as well. And for for Farmington, unfortunately, is an example of that. Um, but there's still challenges around some of the women's teams not having their home ground in the place that they 
are from essentially yeah, yeah. as a club yeah, yeah. and that means that you can have maybe a limit on your ability to build a, a fan base there's still a lot of uh, stuff that we need to do around just increasing the professionalism of the game as well but it's all doable and it's all achievable and you know there's a momentum behind it and you know the only trajectory for the women's game is upwards yeah and that's why with us you know swf continues to hold um we, we continue to support over 70 different leagues of all ages and stages right up to what will be the championship league which will be the top league once the swpl transitions to the spfl so um a lot of work for us to do to keep that ticking on and supported and to grow that infrastructure great uh, I, i've got one bit of advice which i think may help the whole thing move forward i think if you change the logo colors to teal and magenta i think that's i think that's what's going to do it i think that's what's going <laughs> to i have to i have to sort of remind myself i have to have a, a degree of kind of neutrality yeah. about it but everyone knows i support st johnston so that's perfect that's it we've got it in we've got it in video form even better um oh, no. let's talk about st johnston with with your role i presume are you going to games at the weekend or are you are you getting to saints games yeah yeah i take my boys up so i stay down in uh, bigger mm-hmm. um which is down in south lanarkshire we take the boys up so I, f- I feel like I've done a really good job. So my husband's from Shetland and he's now a St. Johnston fan. And my two boys, born and bred and bigger, are both St. Johnston fan. And the eldest one has converted somebody else to be a St. Johnston fan as well. So I feel like we've got a wee kind of enclave here in, 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 in South Lanarkshire. But we go up and my mum and dad still stay up in Perthshire. So it's a really good opportunity for us to go and, go and see them. And um, once the eldest has had his games and then we're back on Sundays and we can go and see the, the women's games on a, on a Sunday. So... Yeah, all consuming football. Indeed it is, <laughs> but yeah, the, the, big, the bigger Saints, uh, you need the big flag on the go. Um, yeah. That's exactly there what is, we need. Well, there's, 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 because there's a few across, like there's um, Jim, is it Jim Eccleston? Who I yeah, only yeah, know I, Jim, yeah, yeah. Um, I only know from Twitter, but he's in Carlops and there's a yeah. few in Peoples, so there's a kind of South Scotland, and, uh, we just need I, another final to get a bus up. But we couldn't do that last season, unfortunately, because of that pesky pandemic, so... <laughs> As a St. Johnson fan, brilliant achievement last season. Couldn't couldn't be there, but uh, what did you make of it anyway? It was phenomenal. Like we had, yeah, we couldn't be there, but we made the the day. Well, two days of it. We made the for the two finals. We had had blue bunting outside the house. <laughs> did I I've never seen the photo of that? Yeah, I had all our windows. Um, we had. Oh, I made blue cakes and. We had, I think we had blue stilton. We had just, you know, a week and ever. You didn't realise that you didn't realise that was actually cheddar that you'd found in the fridge and it'd been there too long. That's a problem. Yeah, no, it was it was absolutely it was phenomenal. It was and what a memory as well for, for the two for my two boys as well, who have grown up thinking that cup finals and European football is just the norm for for, for St Johnston and in a world of disappointment. Here. <laughs> <laughs> experience. That there can be peaks and drops in, in, in the life of a Saints fan. Yeah, indeed. Uh, were you up at the Hearts game at the weekend or last week? Yeah, we were at the Hearts game. That's yeah. St. Johnson of old. This is what this is what we're after now. That was that was brilliant. I've not seen an atmosphere like oh, the, yeah. the the young guys in the corner are doing quite the job up there. Oh, they have been, and and it's funny because you know, well, my, uh, when we go up to the to a game, we normally go to the Ormond stand with the two to the two kids and. But we've all get all getting moved away. We have the same. It's been the best. It's been the best season that I've ever had. I think I've only been in the Ormond Stand about twice this season. I get moved to the main stand every time. It's great. Well, well, well. We we um, we go as close as we can to Fair City Unity because the boys love it. They love love it. They love it. I mean, they come and 
that, yeah, they'll think it's good. Do they take any instruments with them? They can join in? No, but they, well, <laughs> maybe I'm glad that they can't sing all the songs and they don't hear all the words. <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> what are they saying, Daddy? Yeah, it doesn't matter. That's what I get, yeah. <laughs> but they do, they do. When they're here, they've got, you know, they're trying to bang drums and, and they love, what they do love doing is, because um, we know when we all sing to Liam Gordon, he's one of our own. Yes. Um, because they are both Lanarkshire boys, they kind of like singing that to um, Ali Crawford. Of, of course, he's that Nick. Um, he's a, he's a Lanarkshire boy too. Sandra Clark's not, I think he's Motherwell yeah. based, I think, and as Sean, well. I think. Sean Rooney as well. He's one of our, well, he's a Lanarkshire boy too. So that's what they, they, they like. <laughs> a, per, a, a perfect role model there in, in Sean Rooney. <laughs> Oh, dearie me. But uh, this season, on the other hand, uh, other than that Hearts game, it's, it's been a bit disappointing, though, Aileen. Let's, let's be honest with you. But do you think we'll be all right? Is Callum still the guy to do it? Yeah, I hope so. I really do, because I really, I really like him. I don't yeah. know him. I'm just saying it. Like, I don't know him. <laughs> but, you know, I th- he just seemed, because he's been a player for the team, and he's, and he want, and he made such, last year was so special. And, you know, I saw somebody, I can't remember who I saw, wrote, wrote it, whether it was on Facebook or on Twitter saying, what would you what would you rather? Would you rather have had two mediocre years or would you rather have had the year that we had last year and something that ended up feeling a bit a bit um yeah. precarious? And, and absolutely I wouldn't have wouldn't have swapped last year for anything. And and I, I, I still think that Callum Callum can turn it round and, and I think on Saturday it was phenomenal. I was even prompted to put on the a comment on the St Johnston banter page. Oh, wow. Jeez, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, you're you're going in both feet first there with that one. That's a source of entertainment when the Saints lose. It's great to go and have a read. So, yeah, I think, yeah, I hope, I hope he is because I just think he's such a, a decent bloke, a, a good a good soul in football and delivers such a lot for the team as a as the manager last year and, and really deserves a kind of rub of the green, I think. It feels like that we've not had that and it feels like Hearts, the Hearts game hopefully is a turning point now. I think so. It's a massive game uh, against Ross uh-huh. Kenny on Saturday. By the time this interview came out, we've, we've already beaten them 7-0, so that's good news. <laughs> <laughs> Or we were laughing and joking. We're probably on the end of a four 0 defeat. Who knows? And I'm going to have to edit this all out. <laughs> oh, oh, let's let's hope not. Let's be optimistic. Let's optimistic. let's be uh, optimistic. And we're going to be delighted to see you up the park soon. What does the rest of your week entail? Tell us about your day, your average day. Is there such a thing? Um, is there an average day? No, I think that's why it's quite. It's a love. It's like an incredible job because no two days are the same. It's not nine to five. It's not a. It's not a, a job that brings the same things every day. It brings lots of lots of challenges and lots of great things and opportunities as well. So this coming week, you know, I can I think. I think we've got. We've got a new a new start to our um, team, uh, Sam O'Donnell, who has joined us as a commercial partnership manager. So he's, um, which is really good because it's a real change of approach for Scottish women's football to have somebody dedicated to try and bring in uh, commercial revenue. And um, so we're introducing him to some of our existing um, partners and, and hopefully he'll go away and try and get some more as well. So that's that's exciting to try and see the organisation growing. It is, yeah. I've seen um, you've got a new... Uh, media communications officer like it's you're growing quite yeah, the team yeah yeah I think yeah growing yeah growing and and you know there's yeah and and and, and yeah hopefully you know taking a a new a new step forward as well and I think like I say there's there's big big space in in the football world in Scotland for an organization that is advancing and advocating for women to be part of the football uh football world and football culture in Scotland and 
you know, there's been a few things happening across uh, football of, of late where, where, where that voice has been necessary and, 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 and very much needed. And, you know, I think, you know, going forward, we need to make sure that, you know, football, women in football isn't just about the women on the on the pitch. There's other things to football. There yeah. is the boardrooms that are existing across clubs across the country. There's the boards in, in our uh, the wider football um, makeup here. There is the need to get more coaches, female coaches, female referees, and really giving, giving girls and women every opportunity to explore every part of football, not just uh, wanting to be players important as though as though they are, uh, we there is a lot and a big need for a culture change across across the, the game as well. And and you know we're we're hopefully there and able to, to to try and make some of that happen. Brilliant. And you can look at the steps forward, even even the baby steps to to some extent. You could ask somebody, an average football fan, name anybody associated with women's Scottish football, and they may struggle. Now you can rattle off a list of household names: your Leanne Crichton, your Shelley Cares, your Erin Cuthberts, which is all steps forward, and it's all positive that these people are in the limelight. Um, you ab- absolutely, and then you're seeing that. Yeah, you're right. You know, the fact is, well, um, that not only BBC Alaba have been broadcasting the games, but there's also been the real support from the uh, from BBC, more generally BBC Scotland. So there's a highlight show, gives you a nice flavour of what go of what's been going on. And and I think as well, that's I think what's really interesting. You've got some, you've got clubs like Glasgow City as well, um, which are not aligned to a men a man's club as mm. well. So. For folk like my dad, who's a, a football fan, my boys who are football fans and support St Johnston, they quite like looking out for Glasgow City results because it's a wee bit different and a wee bit interesting and mm-hmm. uh, as well. So, you know, there's there's lots of stuff to talk about and um, and lots of work to do. But yeah, I'm yeah, I think we're all optimistic that the trajectory is forward and going up. So are we as well, and we are now going forward, dedicating a section to the St Johnson Women's Team on the podcast every single week to talk about upcoming results as well. So that's going oh, forward. That's what we're going to be doing as well. That's brilliant. So that really, we'll that's try really... and do our bit as well. Um, a great result for them as well last week. Good one mm-hmm. 0 win. So it's great, and obviously Grant Scott's come with a massive pedigree as well, which me and Jade discussed. Um, Jason McCrindle did a brilliant job with the team but Grant just takes them up to that next level and hopefully they'll, they'll kick on again it's a great wee squad they've got Aileen I could talk to you all night about this thank you so much for your uh, coming on it's been absolutely wonderful and your mug will be in the post oh brilliant I'll go with my my Moa's bro St Johnston mug <laughs> my Moa's bro I think I've got one of them as well I was a little bit offended <laughs> Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been, it's gone in quick. Thank you. It has very much. Alien, pleasure. And I'll speak to you again, hopefully. Bye. Yeah. Dan, she was lovely. She's lovely. Yes. uh, So we have to thank Aileen for taking time out of our ridiculously busy schedule to to come and come and chat to me. And let's never make that happen again. I don't like doing interviews by myself. I need my, I need my wingman. I know. Well, yeah, I'll get in touch with my employees. Don't actually, please don't. Please don't do that. Oh, I certainly will not. Right. Let's have one more feature. How about this one? It's Kits and Pieces. Right, that's enough of that. A top which, other than the Teal Magenta one, comes up most often as one that people want to see back, Dan. Oh, and it's understandable. It is a tremendous thing. Ladies and gentlemen, I will present to you the St. Johnston 1994-1995. Why can I not say 1990? 1994-1995, third kit, better known as 
The tartan kit. The tartan home kit, which, which, as of last week, I was the proud owner of by abso- absolute default. Um, I owned it <laughs> for one hour without even realizing I owned it for an hour. And that's the only reason you want to talk about this kit, isn't it? Because I, I'm, I'm in an absolute arse of myself on eBay. You embarrassed yourself on eBay. I did. But let's talk about the kit to begin with. It's an absolute beauty. It's a Saints Tartan kit. You'll know it. You'll love it. It was an absolute beauty. They rarely come up uh, for sale uh, unless you have one in your collection. But there was one on eBay and it was sitting on about 32 quid, which is an absolute steal. Uh, and then it crept up to well over 100 quid. So I think it was sitting at about 130 pound for about a week. Yeah, it was a good few days. Yeah, so I put in a bid. We're keeping tabs on it. Yeah, so I put in a bid of what I thought I was putting in a bid of, £139. And I thought, that's it, no more. But when I entered it, <clears throat> I accidentally typed in £193 and I was the main bidder. And I'd just seen it creep up and up and up and I won it. <laughs> you made a real shambles of that situation, boy. It could have been worse. I could have actually bought it for £193. I went, eventually yeah. went for 155 which is not ideal, but I did have a, an owner for it right away. So the guy does our YouTube videos, which all our videos are now back on YouTube, by the way, which we need to touch on as well. So get into YouTube if you like your uh, your podcast with a bit of graphics. Uh, big thanks to him. We'll thank him again um, properly, but yeah. Norrie's back in the game and that's all we need to know. Yeah, and he's now the proud owner of our St. Johnson Tartan kit. Nor- Norrie's living La Vida at the minute. He's having, he's having a rare old time. Got a, he's got a young son. Which is why he's been slacking off on the um, slacking off on the YouTube videos, um, and perhaps even you know more more importantly for him, he he's got a um, he's got now got the tartan kit. Unbelievable, a good kit as well. So he paid he paid me the the the, the money I got for it. So nothing ventured, nothing gained out of that one. And he was going to bid upwards of two hundred quid for it anyway. So he got himself a bargain. Ah, oh, he's got an absolute absolute Brucey bargain. You know what though? There was a thing in the nineties, wasn't there? And he got remind I was reminded of this yesterday. About another kit that I absolutely love. A uh, framed and signed one went up for auction at an event myself and Sam were at. But the um, the Your 96 Scotland shirt, the tartan one. Brilliant, isn't it? Ah, it's world class, that. With the, see, what, what made that top was the yellow numbers and that in the back, like the gold numbers and lettering. It's just, it wouldn't have looked the same in white. It just, it was a touch of class, that kit. Ah, it was striking. I'm going to say striking. We were at uh, the 50th anniversary of the Dogger yesterday, uh, being Sunday, and it was a lovely day. Willie Young, the the former referee, the one he actually refereed the seven two game. He was talking about that. He was he was hilarious. He was brilliant. It was a great day. Ah, oh, yeah, he's gr- Willie Young was absolutely fantastic. The other guy, uh, John McKelvey, who's a retired um, retired very high up copper. Um, I mean, a copper and a referee, and you, you won't you won't put it out, that on paper as being a recipe for chuckles. Well, <laughs> my word, what? I've been wrong many times in my life. And this is, and this was one of them. No, absolutely fantastic. A great day as well. I just want to give it a mention because we are the Dog of Saints. It is, it is um, spiritual home, worryingly, of the podcast. So, yeah, it was um, delayed by a couple of years because of COVID. But, yeah, 50th anniversary celebration for the, for the, old, for the old place and... Yeah, it's, uh, we had a cracking day out. It was a very good day, but back to kits and pieces. If you, I might, we might put up a poll actually based on this one. If you could bring back one kit, what would you prefer? An all tartan home kit or a teal magenta kit? Ooh. I know what I'd prefer. 
Oh, yeah, we dug ourselves into a hole, even if we did prefer the other one. Do you know what will happen? They'll bring it to Teal Magenta, and it'll be terrible, and nobody will listen to the podcast anymore, and everybody will fall out with us. Well, yeah, well, we've nearly had people falling out of us because of of just a goalkeeper. Yeah. So that was... um, so yeah, does maybe the maybe the kit thing won't be so um won't be so spurious. Um but there we go. I've just remembered something I said to you the other day, right? In Dingwall. <laughs> and I don't know where this came from, but it's just jogged my memory when I said you you made a fool of yourself on eBay. No, you go made on. a fool of yourself in front of eBay. Right. <laughs> Don't ask where this came from, but I know I, I clocked one of our listeners. Um, we gave her a mention a couple of weeks ago because she came up to us with a belt of an old boil. Um, Grant Fairweather, the chef who cooked for cooked for JJ. Uh, and he was sat behind us, Grant. I never I tried to sort of catch him at a couple of points. So it was a bit of an apology here. Um, but he was with his um with his missus, so I think his missus. So um it was yeah, so he, he was sort of uh he was chatting to her, so he didn't sort of catch his eye. But when I had my moment with the, with the pie, have we mentioned this yet? What happened with me and the pie? You were sick. Right, I bit into a pie, and it was not the pie that I ordered, and it was unexpected. And I'd already had a coffee, which had a, like a, a really sort of thick layer of grease on top of it for some reason. So that had knocked me bandy. So I bit into this pie, and I wasn't, I wasn't spewing, but I was a little bit, I gipped. I'm going to say I gipped right, yeah, in the middle of a stand. It was a low point. And I turned to you... <laughs> And for some reason, the words that came out of my mouth was, for fuck's sake, I've just embarrassed myself in front of Grant Fairweather. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Well, why? That was the sort of salient point on my mind. Yeah, at well, that point in time. Well, Bobby didn't ask the football. Remember, I tripped over a Bovril at the, the cup semi final at Hamden. <laughs> <laughs> now, that was properly making an arse of yourself. Literally upside down over a seat. Helping. I know I should have been helping you there. I'll be concerned. But, but I just laughed instead. Um, what happened to the pie, by the way, Sam? I ate it. <laughs> I ate your pie because I had a haggis oh, pie and it was too much potato, not enough haggis. I did not enjoy it. And it was dry as, yeah. a, honestly, I was rank rotten. Not Ratios a good pie. Ratios were off, man. Yeah, the venison pies apparently weren't overly great either, by all accounts. Um, yeah. Not ideal, but we go again. But that was kits and pieces, kind of. You just wanted to make me look stupid with me buying a top on eBay by mistake. But Yeah, but then I did pull it back because I felt bad. And so when um, I made, you know, I said something about me being stupid. So... Yeah, that's fair enough. I'll give you that one. But we've got a chance to make ourselves look stupid again on Wednesday as a football team. We are home to the current champions, Rangers. Big night. But who else would be best to, best placed to talk about the team than a fan? A, a fellow podcaster broadcasting oh. to thousands, tens of thousands of people every week. I mean, that's the game, isn't it? That's what we dream of. Let's get on. He was a great guy to speak to. Let's welcome on from This Is Ibrox podcast. It's Andy. How do you, mate? You okay? I'm very well, lads. How's yourself? Oh, tip top. All the better <laughs> for speaking to you, sir. Well, we'll say this now. Maybe not after Wednesday, but we'll, we'll soon find out. Um, <laughs> no, I'm sticking. I'm sticking to it. I'm. I'm a man of my word. I'm not for changing my mind. I'm. I'm still happy to see you. Good man. Good man. So. February for Rangers league form certainly different to their their European ex Bolloites. Uh, a couple of wins, I think the uh, defeat an old firm defeat. A couple of draws in the last two outings. Um, 
what's happening? Why are you not picking up the wins? Oh, that's the that's the million dollar question, Sam. Um, after the old firm defeat, uh, as bad as it was, uh, in the next couple of games, we it looked as if we'd learned our lessons. Mm-hmm. It looked all right, um, taking care of Hearts Ibrox quite easily. Um, it's five 0 wasn't it? As yourselves. What's that? Sorry, is it five 0 You beat Hearts. Then, yes. Then Hebs are two 0 That's right. So that was all right. At that time, it looks like we're learning our lessons. Couple that with a great European performance. However, in the middle of the European performance was drop points away to Tanadice and drop points at Ibrox on Sunday there. Where it's going wrong is the ball's just not going in, Sam. It's as simple as that. I don't know how familiar you boys will be with seeing the games, whether it's just the highlights or what. Yeah. But it seems to be the possession's excellent. The chance creation is excellent. Out with 30 minutes on Sunday just gone. Um, it's just not going into the back of the net. And that seems to be the problem. I did make a point on our own podcast last night that somebody is going to be on the end of these chances going in sooner or later. Um, it happened at the tail end of last season at uh, Fir Park against Motherwell, and it's going to happen again soon. It is going to happen again soon. These chances, 30 chances on Sunday, 30 chances last Sunday, they're going to go in eventually. Yeah, we watched, oh, I watched the Dundee United game. Did you watch it, Dan? It was... It yeah, was, I did, absolutely. It was yeah. brilliant to watch. Obviously not as a Rangers fan, but it was just back to no. the... It wasn't like back to the wall stuff, like... Dundee United were throwing themselves into absolutely everything, um, even yes. at their own players' noses and the like. But um, yeah, it was a bit unfortunate you couldn't break them down. But before we talk about the match on Wednesday, let's talk about the podcast. Uh, when did it start? How many guys are involved? Tell us the story. Um, there's probably, it's been a number of years now, um, there's probably about 10 or 12 of us involved in the WhatsApp group. Um, obviously, with family commitments, work commitments and things like that, people come and go. Um, since I joined in the summertime, just gone there at the start of this season, there's possibly three people left and another four or five joined. Okay. Um, they try and get, same as yourselves, I would imagine, they try and get three or four people to do a preview and then three or four people to do a review. And there is a, a schedule, if you like, which we try and stick to as, <laughs> as closely as possible. Um, even, even last night, the texts were coming in for the uh, 8pm recording the host, Scott, he was stuck in traffic after the game at Ibrox. Um, the other boy who was going to host, Craig, who ended up did host, and he was stuck in traffic but made it. Um, I had other plans that I managed to rejig about to come in last minute. And there was only three of us. I'm, I'm quite sure you boys will be aware of how easy that can happen. It's amazing um, what people don't actually realise what goes on behind the scenes. And <laughs> now you think, oh, you just two, it's, just sit down lot. and chill. It's ridiculous. Yeah, when basically when it's a two-man show and we've got a producer yes. who kind of does it, it makes it a... Uh, a bit of a schedule and nightmare, I suppose. But um, you, it's on all this usual YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all yes, these good yes, places. Um, on all of them, yes. But it's good. You, you don't do it yourself, lads. See when a, def- uh, a defeat, I was going to say there, drop points like yesterday for Rangers, which is as good as a defeat when you're, you're chasing the title, I suppose. It's sometimes good to come on and speak to your pals, albeit you've only met them via WhatsApp and via podcasting and things like that. It's good to get things off your chest and get different points of view and all the rest of it. And the boys the boys are excellent. It's a great bunch of lads on This Is Ibrox. Yeah. Um, it's like a family on the, the WhatsApp group. You know, you all look out for each other. It's, it's, it's excellent. Brilliant. Dan? Uh, yeah, I was going to say, this, it's a bit more of a bigger thing as well because there's a sort of blog and um, you still have the blog going and all that with This Is Ibrox. Yeah. Pal, pal of mine's done a few pieces for it. 
Right, okay. There's there's a couple of boys that write a blog on it as well. Um, I think there's a couple of them do a blog as a as a preview for upcoming games, and then a couple of them do one for as a as a review or vice versa as well. Um, so they get the blogs going as well. The blogs, the yeah. weekly podcasts. Uh, a couple of the younger boys started a, a a podcast at the start of this year. They've only done maybe four or five of us so far called In the Dugout where they take you, it's an hour long really, and they ask you why you started supporting Rangers and your first game, your your favourite game you've been to, your favourite goal, your favourite player. It's really it's really intriguing. And as the as the, as the weeks go on, they're hoping to get more done. And it's excellent to hear all the lads, how they first got into Rangers and, and, and things like that. You know, it's, it's excellent. It really is excellent. Brilliant. Is that your pal Graham, Danny? You say? Graham. Grant, sorry, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's right. a uh, he's what's uh, he's, he? He was a um, he's an outsider. He's from Dundee, so yeah. Right. Okay. Keep, keep your distance from that guy, Andy. Okay, I will do. Thanks <laughs> li- for the advice. I know, he, lis- he listens to this as well, so yeah, I can't wait to get a volley up him later on. All right. Okay. okay. <laughs> but yeah, a bit like us last season, it's a lot easier to talk about your team when you're you're winning things. Uh, for us last season, obviously, it was. Uh, yeah, an unbelievable season we'll never see again. Um, as likewise, you guys, uh, you've, you've won the title. So this season is slightly more difficult for us, basically, in the position we're in. But we have a match against Rangers on Wednesday at McDermott. If if we are in with a chance, where's our best chance to get? Is it is it McGregor? Is he the weak link at the moment? Or is that It's unfair? looking very like that. It's looking very like that, Sam. I noticed it at uh, Ibrox yeah, yesterday. The first corner Motherwell had, the only I think they only really broke away and attacked us three times maximum in the first half. Such was the possession. It was very, very like the second half against the D United. Mm-hmm. It was the first half yesterday. Um, but anyway, Motherwell got a corner and it was flung right into the top of McGregor's head. You know, that, that's they, they've seen that as well. I think every team sees that. When it comes to where the weak points are, I don't think individually there are many. I don't think individually there are many weak points. But I'm sure if you've watched the, especially the games away from home for Rangers, just getting into Rangers' faces, yeah, just getting into Rangers' faces and ha- harrying them and hassling them and giving them absolutely no time to build, I think is the is the key. That seemed to work for Dundee United. Mm-hmm. Um, it's worked. It worked up at Petodre at the turn of the year after the the, the winter shutdown. It worked a few times in the, uh, this season, but the previous year. Uh, I think that not individually is there any places you could maybe go and exploit, but as a team. It's just going to take massive commitment, 100% energy, 100% concentration for the 90 minutes and just go for it. I think that's the only thing I can suggest. Yep, absolutely. Dan, did you have a point now? Yeah, just on uh, just on McGregor, Andy. Um, is it... Cause I'm trying to work this out myself. Is it just a, a bit of a drop in form or is it maybe a wider sort of passage of time, you know, waits for no man or... Even is it, is right. it worth yeah. pulling him out of the firing line? Well, a number of weeks ago, he made a, 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 an error and Van Bronckhorst was asked about it and he made it clear that McGregor would be in goals the next game as the Rangers number one. Now, that's fine in isolation. This year, there's been a few. There's been a few this year. You can count back to the last-minute goal that Hart scored against us at Ibrox. That's two points away. The last-minute goal Ross County scored against us up there a few weeks ago. There's two points away again. Yesterday, yesterday, it may be slightly harsh to give him full blame for the second goal, but he was certainly involved in it. Um, the question was asked of me last night in our podcast, is it time for McGregor to be dropped? And I believe it is. I, I, do, be, I do believe it is. And I do believe he will be. I do believe he will be. Um, the guy is a club legend. He's one of my most favourite players. 
Uh, I was lucky enough to see Andy Gorham in his prime. I would class Alan McGregor very, very close to, if not above, Andy Gorham. However, when you're going for a title um, and there's a possible £30 million lump sum at the end of it in a Champions League place, there's no room for sentiment, I'm afraid. And I think it is time he'll be dropped. I think he will be dropped on Wednesday night. That's a fairly honest uh, honest opinion of McGregor there. Now, I know Xander Clark was maybe linked or talked about at one point. Benji Segrist was another one. Have you got your own ideas of who you'd want in? To be honest with you, I quite like John McLaughlin. Mm-hmm. I quite like John McLaughlin. He's, he's played a number of games, especially under Stephen Gerrard. There was chopping and changing, um, as I'm sure you're aware. McLaughlin gets more of a run in a team than, he has, than he's had to now. Now, he done nothing wrong. He done absolutely nothing wrong. Um, head and advice, if you were to ask me, between McLaughlin, Clark and Segrist, which one would I want? I would take Segrist. I'll be honest with you, I would take Segrist for the sheer fact that the games I've watched against Rangers, he's been outstanding. And from what I've heard from friends and work in various other places, he's the same against the other half of the old firm. So that's not a coincidence. To do it as often as he's doing it, I don't think that's a coincidence. As for Clark, he does it as well. And you only have to look back to last year when a guy with illuminous green clothing runs into the penalty box at Ibrox and scores a last-minute goal unmarked. Um, I still find that absolutely un- unbelievable, you know. He was wearing high-visibility clothing and we still never picked him up. And he's um, six-foot man. I think he's a smashing goalkeeper as well. Um, but head of advice, I would pick Segrist out of the three of them at the moment. A very fair shout. I can't believe it's taken over 10 minutes until we actually touch on uh, that match at Ibrox last season. <laughs> Um, I'll oh. just stop the clock. I was waiting on it there. I was waiting on it. I'll stop the clock. It was actually going to be an opening question. Um, <laughs> unbelievable scenes that match, to be fair. Um, there seems to be a. When was the last time Rangers won the Scottish Cup? Going back, what, 2008? Something like that against. Was it Falkirk? 2008 or two, 2008. Or, not before that, was it not? 2011 was the League Cup. Won the League Cup in 2011 under Walter Smith. Oh, God, that's a question. It might have been 2008. Might have been, I think it might That was a Queen of the South final. Oh, of course it was. Well, what I will say before you move off the topic, if you're going to, um, <laughs> nope. was, was how delighted I was to see St. Johnston lift the cup after beating Rangers. So often, you'll probably hear it from the other side of the old firm as well, that a team who comes to Ibrox or Parkhead, whether it be a league game or whether it be a cup game, they put their heart and soul into the 90 minutes and they get a result of, of, of what description doesn't matter. The next game they tend to go out as if it doesn't matter. It's took it out of them and they, and they end up with a silly defeat against St Mirren or Dundee or yeah. something like that. To see St Johnson do that and go on and lift it was actually really nice. Really, really nice. I, I, I wanted them to win the cup after that. Um, such was the relationship at the time. So I was delighted to see that um, and I'm quite sure I'm not alone in the range of support thinking that. Aye. But yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll move on from that day but we'll, we'll wrap things up. Uh, the match on Wednesday, what's your score prediction? Hit us with it. Are we going to be hit for eight? No, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. As I say, there will be somebody will get it. I've got a feeling that'll be at Ibrox. Okay. Hopefully against Aberdeen on Saturday coming. <laughs> um, I'd love to see that. Being away from home on a Wednesday night, middle of Perth. Um, I'll go for for 2-0 Rangers, possibly three, but I, I think 2-0 Rangers. And I'm only saying nil because I don't think St. Johnson, they're not scoring very much at the moment. However, I did have a quick look at the stats from weekend. The possession stats and the, the chances created and shot stats were certainly higher um, against uh, Ross County than the scoreline suggests. They were, but... but um, the game. Oh, yeah, we were both up at Dingwall. Um, it was a it was a funny old match. Um, we talked about it kind of later earlier on, but um, aye, it was just one of these ones. 
like you say, we need to hurry and press. That's exactly what we didn't do. If you watch back the highlights and watch the first goal, they basically made 28 or 29 passes and we just stood off them. And then they, that Regan Charles Cook, who's bloody unbelievable at the moment, he's, managed to just... He's excellent. He's, un, he's pretty much unplayable at the moment. But we're looking for a good match anyway on Wednesday. If we can get something out of it, oh, like against any match against the old firm, it's always a bonus if you can take anything away from it. We look forward to hearing your match review after the match on Wednesday. And uh, Andy, thanks very much for coming to join us tonight. Appreciate it, bud. Anytime, guys. Thanks again. Good Cheers. man. Thanks, Andy. Bye, Andy. Cheers, mate. See ya. Cheers, pal. Bye, bye. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Anytime, guys. Thanks again. Good Cheers. man. Thanks, Andy. Bye, Andy. Cheers, mate. See ya. Cheers, pal. Bye, bye. Cheers, guys. Cheers. I'm just going to say the line. Nice guy, ain't he? Oh, what a nice fella. What a hell of a nice fella. Good insight as well. Yeah. To say. Um, can see why his podcast so popular mainly because he doesn't. Well, they don't. They probably don't talk about robot pool cleaners and actually stick to football. But <laughs> I don't think anybody talks I, about I robot pool cleaners. I regret nothing. Anyway, now, um, so, I mean, that was a good good thing from the Rangers' perspective, but we'll give you a little bit of Saints' perspective. And Sam, if you don't mind, I'm going to start. Please do. I think we're going to lose. <laughs> oh, come on. I think we're going to win. <laughs> this could be the type of game where we just turn up, get up, Callum Henry scores two and we just park the bus and we don't concede it could be the turning of the season it could be we don't get going until march is, the, is, the, is my popular <laughs> phrase which i which i have been saying for a long time we do not get going until march the second specifically there's a part of me that just finds your whole sort of outlook on this bloody adorable but <laughs> um we go again nah i mean look it's not just to do with our sort of present malaise um i don't think there will be a too much of a chance. Too too much of a chance that I will ever go into a Rangers, a game against Rangers or Celtic, saying on oh, anything other than I think we're going to lose. It's just that. And to be honest with you, we are veering wildly from game to game. We need a bit of something in midfield, though. There wasn't a lot of bite in there. Handsome Melk is the handsome Melk is the best midfielder. I think we might be the best midfielder we've got in the squad, but he maybe he's not exactly a, a rampager or a or a bounder, you know, he's he's someone who takes the game at a bit of a... He can dictate the pace of a game, I think, but he needs someone in there. He needs a ball winner in there with him and Butterfield, isn't it? And Ali Croft certainly isn't it. But that, again, I'm going to go easy on Ali Crawford because it's not his job. Whereas Butterfield, you'd probably say on Saturday, nominally, it was his job. Yeah, but, um, Charlie Gilmore's another story altogether. But Sorry. I think Charlie Gilmore didn't really do much either when he came on, but I didn't really want to talk. forgot he came on. Yeah, but we'll move on. I think the bigger match is at Easter Road on Saturday where there's going to be a massive travel in St. Johnson's support because of the initiative where it's £5 for all the seats, which is brilliant from them. It's going to be sellout, so it's going to be about 20,000 uh, sellout at Easter Road on Saturday, and it's going to be brilliant. Uh, fingers crossed we can get some kind of result. It's been a happy stomping ground, as I said earlier on in the podcast. Um, other than obviously this season, but there might be something we can get out of this game. Let's hope Porteous has another horror show. Oh, it, it, it's always liable, but I was just thinking this. I was doing some hashtag maths. And what a great initiative from, from the Easter Road Club because for the same price as 200 tickets for Saturday's game, 200 tickets for Saturday's game. It's the same price as a Stad Rene 
<laughs> um, pool cleaning robot or 109, 109, what? 199 and four fifths. I'm going to say, but anyway, we go again. Um, we do indeed. Yeah, Road, that's the one we need to look at. We've had a, I'm struggling to base any sort of assessment on the Hibs games we've played, the games we've played against Hibs this season because we've lost twice to them. We got did all the Easter old first time round. Um, so you sort of set that to one side because we actually played quite well that day. It's a long, long time ago now, but we did actually play quite well that day. And it all hinged on the penalty and then Jamie McCart getting sent off because he quite understandably his head had sort of just exploded <laughs> after Johnny Beaton's big day out. Um and then again the game at the game at McDermott was a game where we were ahead, sort of doing all right, and then had Craig Bryson sent off just on half time, and then for the entire second half, just never bothered to get outside of their final third. Um so I'm sure they base it on that. They've obviously had a change of manager in that time as well. It's not really been a blistering start for Sean Maloney, which is it's part of me that thinks it's a bit, I'm, I'm, I mean, it's only so, such early days for him because, you know, it's a young Scottish manager being given a chance and a well-supported club. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I can't, I genuinely cannot read this game, but we have got to turn up. Yeah. Not no way about it, but fingers crossed we could be sitting here next week, six points to the good. Got to be positive, Dan, got to be positive. But we've come to the end of another episode. It has been jam-packed this week. We were supposed to have a third guest on. Uh, remember, because I said last week I had the head baker from uh, Murray's lined up. We tried to call on Friday. Uh, he, he'd fallen asleep and missed our calls. So we arranged it for tonight being Monday, and he didn't pick up, and he's not text or replied. So... It's Yorks and Dundee anyway, St. Johnson used, so it'd be Nias anyway. So we'll move that, we'll move on swiftly. Uh, to next week, we will discuss the Rangers game. We all have another superstar player and a local player nonetheless, I think, if it all comes through. Very good. Well, <laughs> we'll, we'll hear more about that in the week. Indeed, but it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you to everybody that's listened. Thank you to Aileen Campbell for coming on. Thank you to Andy from This Is Ibrox Podcast. Thank you to Nori for doing all our YouTube videos. Go to you, go to Dogger Saints on YouTube, subscribe, hit that bell. Actually got a couple of announcements just want to throw in here, Sam. Go for it. Yeah, so this is from our old pal. This is from our old mucker, Davy Ferguson, who I had the pleasure of seeing in Inverness on Saturday night in McCallum. Suited and booted. Oh, he was suited and booted. He'd been on a day at the uh he'd been on a hospitality bean also. Lovely. <laughs> what a lovely, what a lovely day that must have been, apart from the sort of 90 minutes in between. Same for everyone. So there we go. Yeah, so this is the Inverness Business Fives group is intending to run another five-a-side event this summer. They're looking at the 19th of June 2022 in support of Chas. From who, the from the St. Johnston shorts. From the St. Johnston shorts, yeah, and on the back of your cup final. Tops, uh, wonderful, wonderful charity. Um, just um, came for children across Scotland with life shortening conditions and really, you know, so doing something special for those guys. Are so, we going to put a team? I'm going to get to that. Oh, nice. And it will also be in support of Ukraine's children. And they deserve that right. as well. Yeah, which is um, very, very pertinent at the minute. It's, oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, what a thing. So, yeah, but Dave's also looking for teams and sponsors. And so, as you've alluded to, we will be putting in a Dogger Saints team. Yes. Can I, we need Ketso. <laughs> you better believe it, baby. <laughs> 
Um, so far, the team is me and Sam, so we need to sort of organise that. But if anyone just get involved, like you know, they are they are up in Inverness, play a bit of football, and not only, not only are Adoga Saints superstars five lined up to play a little team from Livingston. Diamond View podcast, are they getting involved? A little team of podcasters from Livingston, and I mean, I think they've got enough for two five-a-side teams and uh, a couple of subs on there. <laughs> take part on their podcast that's good, yeah. good talk I think we <laughs> should bring a team of absolute football. ringers like we're quite pally with some of the players now we should get Kieran McInnes we'll get Charlie King we'll just get a team of absolute ringers in we don't even have to play we'll manage <laughs> Liam texts me immediately after he said you're just going to get a team of four players in aren't you yeah I was like yep yep well maybe maybe I maybe no wait and see Sergio um, Baltaccio no, yeah so we've, we've retweeted this so you, sorry mate Sergio Baltaccio be a, a cause close as heart He's played in Inverness. Oh, there's a lot of tick boxes there for the man. Oh, man, Sergi. Yeah, so, um, hi. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. A bit of class to proceedings. Anyway, so, um, we retweeted it off our Twitter account before. Um, it's not for a while yet, but we just wanted to give Dave a little bit of a little bit of support as much as we can because he's a great, great lad. And he's been a, you know, he's a good pal of ours and he's been a great supporter of the podcast since day one. Well done, Dave. A very good cause. Any other, any other announcements, Dan? Big happy birthday, 18th birthday, Felicitations to, I'm not going to say, his, I'm not going to reveal his identity, but our old mucker, SJFC fans on the Twitter. Oh, it was his birthday. He wasn't at Dingwall because he was, he was cheering it elsewhere. But now next time he wants to come to the venue, he can. Yes, he can. Um, so, oh, he can make it to the venue. Now, um, big happy birthday, bud. Uh, Top lad, and we, they're all, they're all, it's like all our little, it's like all, they're all growing up. They are, they grow up all so the, fast. All, I mean, yeah, all I, the Saints Twitter art are you growing up. And my favorite thing about uh, Dave's question at the concert hall uh, when we did our show was, uh, what is the best St. Johnson kit ever, and why is it Teal Magenta? That was his question that he put to us. What a lad, G- good what job, son. Lad. But happy 18th birthday to you. But we've come to the end, the end of another stonking effort of a show this week. It's been, it's been a bonanza. It and has. You know what, Sam? I've had a bloody lovely old time. I have had a lovely time as well. But we'll be back next week with a player, with hopefully six more points under the belt. Elliot Parrish has an absolute dynamite game against Rangers, and you can all lay off him. I or, don't care. I don't care about them laying off him. I care about them laying off us. If you just sponsor his shirt, and you, if you listen back to the episode, he's a top guy. And we thought it'd be a bit of banner. That's it. Yeah. He's a, no, it's not even that. He's a great lad. He really is. And he had a bad game of football. So it happens. It does. Simple as that. And on that, <laughs> and on that bombshell, we will see you next week. We love you lots. Bye-bye. Viva Max and Viva Sergey. Bye. You have time to sing a goodbye song before you go? Always been. Hey, this was really fun. We hope you liked it too. Seems like we've just begun when suddenly we're through. Goodbye, goodbye, good friends, goodbye. Cause now it's time to go. But hey, I say, well that's okay. Cause we'll see you very soon, I know. Very soon, I know. Goodbye, goodbye, good friends, goodbye, goodbye. and tomorrow just like today, the moon, the bear, and the big blue house.